I'm Gab, he's Jules, blue skies over West London. Jules, we have a full show, but first a disclaimer. Doop, doop, doop. No, it's just a coincidence. We both happen to be wearing Philadelphia Union ah. merch. I have this old t-shirt. I used to live in Philly. And of course, your kids chose it because I think, it's lovely. I picked this just for you. There you go. Because I knew you were a Philly boy and for all Philly fans. The leagues are upon us. The Bundesliga yeah. kicking off this weekend. Ligue 1 kicking off this weekend. Yeah. And of course, the Premier League kicking off this weekend. Let's get right into it because I don't like season previews that happen yeah, people while need the transfer to know window don't are like open. Right? There is a ton of things. We expect Chelsea to make more signings. Yeah. We'll be talking about what might happen with Cucurella. Uh, Carney's on his way, which is good, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I think just think it's stupid. Cristiano Ronaldo might not be there. Yeah. Uh, City, we expect, will make another signing. Um, so things are going to change, but we'll do our best, kind of talk about how far along they are right now. Maybe mm. that's one way to do it. Yeah. All right. We're not going to run rings around you. We think Liverpool and City are going to finish one, first and second, right? Or yeah, whatever order. Yeah? Whatever order, they're clearly way above everybody else. Okay. Liverpool are done, and then and as the parlance goes, they seem to have gotten their business done early. Yeah, early. Darwin Nunez is the big signing, of course. That I think took most of the, uh, the money available for transfer, which meant maybe there was nothing left for a midfielder, for example, and we both believe that they could have done with yeah. someone better than what they have, or certainly a different profile, which they haven't. Um, and then you've got... And then the money they, like gave, they gave Mohamed Salah. Yeah, and course. then the new contract to Salah, even with the sale of, of Sadio Mane, I think that money was reinvested in Darwin Nunez anyway. So a, a squad that hasn't changed much, but the, 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 little, the, the little changes like Darwin Nunez could be very significant, of course, for this season. Okay. City obviously made a, a, a big signing in a, in a key area. I'm talking about Calvin Phillips now. Nah, nah, yeah. Calvin Phillips will help. It will help. What, what I wonder about, obviously, essentially he comes in for Fernandinho. Um, and yes, I'll get to Holland in a minute. Uh, but also, Calvin Phillips, you expect, should play more minutes than Fernandinho. I'm wondering... Are we going to see a City team where maybe we see more of Rodri plus Phillips, Rodri plus Gundogan this season? Maybe, I don't want to say more defensive, yeah. but maybe the fullbacks more attacking, something like that. Yeah, I think so. I think, and, but Phillips can also play a bit higher up on the pitch, I think. I think Pep can, can make him into, into a lot of things. Right. He's but not so, David Silva, basically. No, no, he's not trying. David Silva, but he could be more box-to-box, for example, than right. Rodri or even Gundogan to some extent. So... I can, he, he can bring that kind of profile to it in transition, certainly. But he can also be more disciplined and you play with a double pivot and you, you would think you're more solid than having Rodri on his own. Rodri, who played a lot last season, this is a crazy season. I can see Rodri being a bit more rotated than he was last year because of the Kevin Phillips signing. So it's, it makes right. sense. Holland is obviously the big talking point. We spoke about him last week. I think it's a long-term thing. I also think with Holland, you almost have a piece of clay. He was being used in a certain way and was very yeah. effective at it uh, at Dortmund under all the different coaches he had when he was there. Um, but I think there's a lot more to his game. Do I think he's going to, you know, interpret the position the way Bernardo, Bernardo Silva does or, or De Bruyne when they play up front in the false nine, as people like to say? No. But I do think it's not just going to be a case of him leading the line, running behind the defenders, using his, his combination of strengths and, and pace. No, and I mean, that if you play for City, that's not enough anyway. Right. It was interesting to hear what Sergio Aguero was saying about, oh, he still have the, the habits that he had in Dortmund in the Bundesliga, which 
you know, play a little bit for himself, really. I don't think he can do a City. So this is a process that will take a bit of time for him to adapt to the team and the team to adapt to him. Some might say those were the habits Sergio Aguero had his entire exactly. career. Exactly. <laughs> game recognizes game. Um, I think the interesting thing is going to be who else makes the top four. Mm-hmm. I think that's where there's going to be some debate. Inevitably, I think we have to focus on the big six. I, I think... The gap between the big six and the rest of the league, despite West Ham spending, yeah. has still only only increased. So, very simple. Who you got at three and four? As of right now, when we reserve yes. the right to change these. I think Spurs should finish third, really, with Conte, with the signing that they made. They've, they've, they've had a, a, a very, very good um, transfer window so far. Maybe more to come, even. Yeah, and probably more to come. Uh, but he wanted to be backed up. The club backed him up. I think that was great. That was the right thing to do. They've got depth now for the Champions League as well. Uh, plus the World Cup, of course. So for me, Spurs third. And then it's, it's a big fight between Chelsea, Arsenal and United for fourth place. You put them all three on the same level. Yeah. Nobody's even marginally ahead. No. Despite Arsenal's enormous spend this summer. Despite the strong finish. You're, you're not ready fourth. to anoint them. No, I think they will finish fourth. But I think so a, you, you see them as slight favourites then? Yeah, well, yeah, for me, I think they're Is it 34, fourth. 33, 33? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, Jules, I'm with you as of right now. And this is the big disclaimer. You, you yes. Don't add me later because I'm telling you, this is temporary. When facts change, opinions change, I'm with you on Spurs to finish third. Okay. And I think it's not just the, the new guys they brought in. I think it's also having a full summer to work under mm. Antonio Conte. You know, some managers are more on-the-fly game managers. You drop them in, you get effects right away. Others, it really matters the time they get on the yeah. training pitch. And look, Liverpool weren't great straight away under Jurgen Klopp. City weren't great straight away under Pep Guardiola. Um, It's with that fourth place that I think there's still the biggest question marks. Um, I know everything's on a high with Arsenal right now. Um, I would still lean Chelsea a little bit, but this is based on the fact that I think they're going to do something. Based on the situation they're in right now at the minute as we're recording this on what august 4th 2022 2022 um maybe arsenal are slightly and i do say slightly ahead i think for chelsea a lot is going to depend on obviously on the signings but also on what formation he plays and how he plays it Mm. i don't take it as red that He's moving to a back three. We saw a lot of back four before. Yeah. Uh, this Sterling through the middle idea, nice idea. If that's if that's the way you go, yeah. but still an idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Can you do that the whole season? Yeah. I, I I just think there's a lot of pressure on Tuchel, including the pressure he puts on himself. Yeah. Todd Bowley, maybe in the back of his mind, he looks at it and he says, "Well, it's the first year, you know, learning curve." Maybe even it doesn't really hurt us too much, as long as we finish top four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if we're not super competitive straight away, because it's a transition year, we're finding our feet. There's rumors of Michael Edwards coming in. Yes, I uh, saw that which, as well. They need a sporting director anyway, you know, as, as early as, as soon as possible. It's funny. I, I generally don't know what Michael Edwards is going to... For those who don't know, have been living under a rock, Michael Edwards is the guy who spent, I think, 10 years 10 at years, Liverpool. Yeah is credited as kind of the genius who, who brought together the analytics and the recruitment and everything and really was, was the key to Liverpool's 
success, obviously, mm -hmm. or one, one of the keys, keys obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jurgen. Um, university admired and so on. When he did write that letter about why he was moving on, he did, there was a line in there, and I am paraphrasing here. He said, oh, I spent 10 years, you know, I don't want this to define my life. I see myself 10 years in another, in a, in, perhaps in a different career. And then I thought, well, why, what if he does something completely different next? Yeah. Uh, I thought that'd be kind of cool. Maybe he's wrestling with that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, it seems to me, though, that with those links with Chelsea, I, I kind of think at this stage of the summer, they either get him straight away, or maybe he has a non-compete clause with Liverpool, which yeah, stops him maybe. from getting a job straight away. But if you don't get him straight away, you're better off staying on the sidelines, watching, and then taking over maybe in the spring with a view towards next season. I mean, yeah, although the January transfer window could also be very important if the first half of the season is not as good as you wanted it to be or expected to be, and maybe you need a sporting director in place you know, as soon as September, October to already prepare for January. I don't, I don't know. I think it's... Uh, I don't think Chelsea should be in this position anyway, already, full stop. I know, I know there's been so many changes at the club, which obviously was not planned before. We all know the reasons and we're not going to go back on it. But for Chelsea to be in this position with pretty much Todd Bailey being the owner and also the sporting director, with Thomas Tuchel getting involved, but also preparing the season, all of that is crazy for a club like that. And that's also one of the reasons why Tuchel is worried. What they've only signed, I mean, only, I know Sterling and Koulibaly are two great players, but they still... And Karnichuk Wormeka. And Karnichuk Wormeka, of course, who has the potential to become a great player, but it's still a potential for now. But they, they, they're behind where they want it to be at this stage of the summer anyway. So let's see what happens. But I'm worried for them. I'm also a bit worried for United, to be fair. I knew this was going to come up. True. No, but it's true. Uh, and, and that's why I think that right now Chelsea, Chelsea and United don't look maybe in a position as strong as Arsenal, who have had a really good preseason, made their new signings early. They fit exactly what they wanted for the structure of the team and the profile that they were looking for in terms of age, in terms of qualities, etc, etc. That's why I think that, you know, they, they're a good shot for finishing fourth. I think one of the key differences between United season and Chelsea season is that if United finish sixth, but we see the style of playing, if the enthusiasm returns, mm. if some of these young players make the grade, you know, I, people like Jaden Sancho didn't become terrible players overnight, right? Maybe Ahmad turns into something. Um, you know, if you feel like you're heading in the right direction, then I think you can sell that to United fans and make them feel good about them. But ultimately, yeah. you know, football's a big market. You know, yeah, it's about winning trophies, and that's part of it. Ultimately, it's a big marketing exercise, right? Arsenal yeah, fans yeah. feel great about themselves because of the way they finished the season and, you know, Tierney and this and Gabriel Jesus. But that is a skill, too. Chelsea mm. finished considerably higher, but they're now in this situation where... Yeah. You can't sell them on saying, oh, we're, in, we're rebuilding. Look at all our kids because, you know, ultimately it's Koulibaly, it's Jorginho, it's Conte. It's people who are not kids. Yeah, it's Thiago yeah, Silva. Yeah, Thiago Silva um, yeah. So obviously you have younger players as well. But so I think in some ways that further makes things difficult. Sterling's not mm. a kid either anymore. No, no, no. Sterling's been young for a long time. So I think that really ratchets up the pressure. And uh, so I think that's why it's a, it's a big season for Tuchel. But for United, even if they don't finish top four, you can sell this season as a W if 
you hit I'm not sure. certain targets. You don't think so? But what are the targets then? If you don't finish top, if you finish sixth, was the was the target that you would have hit? I think the target that you hit is if you play better football, you look like you're going in the right direction, you go on a cup run, um, you play the kids, you get that vibe back. I think it's easy to. Yeah. I. It's easy to forget how toxic the environment around United, you know, really has been. Yeah. No. Uh, no. No. That's true. I don't think it's going to be an easy season for Ten Hag, and I think already we see with the Cristiano incident, and we will talk we'll about it a bit more that, after yeah. that. There's a lot of things to still sort out, and there's still a lot of issues there. I just, I, I just think you also need to see a progression in terms of league finish and where you end up the season, whether you get fourth place yeah, because they're not going to get above. above Did they that. finish second under Solskjaer? They finished second in the social, yeah. You know, and yeah, sometimes and then six months later he sacked. So I, I, I think it's, it's more about that. You know, I often talk about why I think performance is often mm. more important than results. No, 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 yeah. Um, taking a look at the others, I think on paper, West Ham and Villa, maybe a notch above everybody else. Yeah. Um, we've spoken of, of Skamaka, of Aguerd, Costas may be coming in. I think some people would say, is David Moyes the right guy here, or were we too hard on David Moyes before? I don't think we were too hard, too hard on him before. I wasn't. I like the guy. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan, and I didn't like the style of football. I've said that many times. But with the players that he has now, maybe he, maybe the football will have to be better. Maybe you, you, you can't be as minimalist. And I'm not saying that in a bad way for West Ham fans, as he was in the last three seasons, or two seasons especially. Uh, that gave them results, but then there's, there's, there's another way of playing football with those players that, could be, that would be much better and that can bring you also results. Um, so we will, have, we will have to see. They also missed out on potentially someone like Onana or Danjuma, who they were really keen on, ready to put a lot of money on and missed them out for whatever reasons. But I think I like, I like what they did. I like what they did. I like what Villa and Gerard are doing. I looked... Last season, if you, if you only count the points from where Gerard arrived in November to the end of the season, they, f- they finished ninth, not 14th like they actually right. did over the whole season. If they can improve on ninth, I think we, you know, it would be great. If Gerard can, can, can keep that form over the whole 38 matches of the season, and the signing that they made, you know, Diego Carlos, Camara, that's good. I expect one or two more. And keeping, keeping the players that they've, they've already had before, apart from Carney, of course, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times at that level, it's about keeping the players. And that's why, I mean, arguably, assuming they're still there on September 1st, I think they will be. Gerard Bowen and Declan yeah. Rice could be uh, West Ham's biggest signings they of will, the summer. They will be, you're right. No sure. disrespect to, no, uh, uh, to, to, to Skamaka and, and Aguirre. Um Further down, and like, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to get messages people, oh, why don't you talk about Brighton? Why don't you talk about so-and-so? Like... I don't want to give people short shrift. I do want to mention two other clubs that I think are ambitious and want to be hoping to, to, to break into that. Um, two clubs who maybe there's very different vibes about them. Mm. One is Newcastle. Yeah. How do you rate their summer? This idea that they're going to come in and it's going to be Manchester City Mark II. We kind of said it all along. These guys are trying to run a business. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a lot of cash, but they're not going to run at a loss because they know that there are rules out there. And I think also... It's a slightly different. I don't think this is, people have used the term sports washing. I don't think this is to make the world feel great about Saudi Arabia, that they made this investment in Newcastle. I think they made mm. this investment because they think 
Newcastle has a higher ceiling. Yeah. This is a different situation for Manchester City. Yeah, I think he's different. Uh, Dan Hashworth, who they, they, they picked and they had to wait for a long time for him to finally be able to start working for them. As a sporting director, we said it many times, he's a very intelligent um, arrival and recruit. And that's what they do. I think they, they wanted to do more business than they have so far, for sure. But there's Ven, there's Ven Botman, your favourite. There you go. Um, was great. They missed out on Ekitike, they missed out on a few others that they were going for. Uh, again, I don't think they're done, I don't think they're finished. Um, because right now, this is a good squad, and it's a squad that Eddie Hart did really well in the second half of last season. But it's not, it's not okay. like a dream squad either. It's not a squad that you think, okay, you can compete now with the top six. You're still way, way behind. Leicester's the other squad, that, the other team which are very much in the news. Viewed from the outside, it looks to me like after several seasons in which the ownership spent a ton of money, and I think they spent a lot of money well, and I think the team did well. I think they kind of, last season there was a point where they sort of went off the boil, and yeah, yeah. you can you can ask why, wonder why, uh, why. Injuries obviously played a big part uh, in it. Brendan Rodgers, I think, he tried different things. Some of it didn't quite work out. It does feel like this is a season where they're saying, all right, let's rein in the spending a little bit. Obviously, Casper Schmeichel gone. We'll be talking about that. Madison has been linked left, right, and center. I'm assuming he's probably going to... Yeah, looks like he's yeah. going to stay at this stage, but who knows? Fofana, another big question mark. They haven't gone out and spent money. The only uh, club to have not signed anyone yet. Is the thinking that the ownership said, all right, we went for it. Now... We've signed these young players. Let's focus on developing them rather than continually adding to the squad. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's also reflected in someone like Yuri Tielemans, who you know I'm a huge fan of. He has a year left on his contract. He was linked to other clubs. Now it looks like he's, he may stay. He may not mm. stay. I don't know. Does um, it feel to you that it's a bit the end of a cycle, though? He's got this feeling, not just yet, but that Vardy is 35, and at some point it will go. Tielemans could go on a free in a year. Schmeichel is gone. Fofana clearly is pushing for a move away. Madison can probably leave as well too, as we mentioned. And then you're left with having to rebuild and start a new cycle around Dakar and Barnes and James Justin players like that, maybe. And it certainly feels a bit like, it feels a bit like that. I'm a bit worried about them compared to where I, they were the last three seasons, for example. Potentially, but I will say this. When I think sometimes Brendan Rogers works at his best when his resources are more limited, and when you know you sit down and you work with what you have, there's a lot of talent. In yeah, that yeah, no, for um, sure. Maybe even this this team is more talented than Leicester and Newcastle potentially, um, even with the guys they've lost or might yet lose. So I'll be curious to see how they do. I think it's a big, big year for Brendan as well. Yeah, um, yeah. we. We need to mention Everton simply because of the historic size of the club and where yeah. they're going and the issues with Uzmanov, um, who doesn't actually own the club, by the way. Yeah, let's remind everyone. <laughs> yeah, let's remind everybody. He's not the club owner. Uh, what success for Everton this season? Mid-table? Yeah, mid-table. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I can't really work them out. I, can't, I still can't work Lampard out in that team. I, I don't know if he's, if he's the right fit for them. I don't understand what they do in terms of recruitment, or maybe they're trying to get a replacement for Richarlison, uh, who is not Dwight McNeil, by the way. It felt like you know they spent the money <laughs> from Richarlison on McNeil. Um, I don't know where the goals from Richarlison are going to come. Calvert-Lewin is already injured. 
they're going to go for Onana, which they will get, who is an amazing prospect, really, really super talented kid, really good kid. But is he the best Onana in the world, or would you go with the goalkeeper Onana? I prefer this Onana than the goalkeeper the one. The goalkeeper Onana is a lot cooler than this He's guy. a lot cooler, but this okay, one I've never seen this guy speak, so I don't know. I can't judge or dress, I don't know. But the other Onana is legit. One he's, of the, he's cool. He's one of the top 25 coolest players in the world. True, but, but this Onana <laughs> is a bit different. Um, Sorry about our organism younger, here. Younger, uh, but you can get there. He's got... He's got enough swag to be super cool very soon right. <laughs> but they've paid for the talent but he's still an unproven talent I think right. he could have done with another year in Ligue 1 easily so we will have to see but yeah alright regular viewers will know I do not follow the championship <laughs> I can read the names I know what's happened I know who Forrest have signed and Bournemouth and Fulham is it a, it's not I, I get the feeling it's not going to be three up three down do you? It could, it could be. I, I mean, what I liked about Forrest is that the, the owner said we will back the manager, we will back Steve Cooper, we will spend a lot because we know that if we don't, we're going to go down straight away. Well, it's also because he has a lot of money and likes to wheel and Yeah, wheel. but he didn't really spend that before either. You know, so they were still surprised, a surprise promoted side right. who went from bottom after hiring Steve Cooper to, to, to you know, um, being promoted. And they spent a lot of money on some interesting signings. Certainly. Uh, will they all work out? I, I don't know. I hope for them. But, you know, Nico Williams is a good signing. The, the, the moves from, from Germany in the Bundesliga, you could see why they, they, got, they, they were attracted to those kind of guys too. I think it's interesting. Right. A forest, more than Bournemouth. I, I fear for Bournemouth and our friend Richard Hughes and Scott Parker and even for Fulham and Marco Silva, to be fair. All right. Um... I'm not going to make any predictions on the promoted sides. I want to see them. I want the transfer window Fair enough. Uh, to close. Honestly, this, this is stupid. All these predictions you got there, they're silly. They're silly. Just take them for what they're worth. And if you're going to judge people on predictions, let's do this when the transfer window closes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Enough Premier League uh, in honor of the Bundesliga. We're oh, going to take a look at the top yes. teams uh, for a lot more in this. Obviously, our friends Derek Ray and Archie Wintut, a.k.a. A-R-T, uh, they've got you covered all season long. But inevitably, the question is always, you know, who can knock off Bayern mm. after they won their 29th title in a row? It's not actually that, but it no, feels it's it. Not. Um, let's start with Bayern. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're going to talk, we talk about Bayern every week. Yeah. But obviously, the big takeaway: Lewandowski gone, Mane in, um, up front, 
And then obviously at the back, a big move for Matthijs de Ligt. Yeah. Gravenberch in midfield, Mazraoui. This is a revolution. This is and impressive. I, a couple of years ago, I remember <laughs> I, I said, like, this team's going to need major surgery in a couple of years, simply because of the way they were constructed. Mm. Now I think they've addressed a lot of that. Now it's a question of do these pieces fit and how do they fit? I think Nagelsmann will have to make them fit. It's as simple as that. For me, the pressure is all on him now. First season is always, okay, you won the league. There were some highs and lows. Yeah. You lost some games. Defensively, you look shaky. You tried this crazy back three with all those forwards, you know, even playing at wing backs. Blah, blah, blah. That was great. It was fun to watch. At times, if you were Bayern or certainly the Bayern Iraqi, you're thinking like, well, what is he doing? Now, now this is serious. It's his second season. And he will have to get it right, especially after all the money they've invested. I mean, all the money. Masrawi is on a free, Gravenberch is a bargain. Okay, Delirte is expensive to a certain point. And then Mane, I don't think was too much anyway. But, but still, with, with, uh, he got the players he wanted in the position that he wanted. Now the pressure is on him. And so he I has think, to deliver. I think Bayern are going to win the league. Um, yeah. But there is pressure on Nagelsmann. But I also think this is a season where if they're not as impressive... I mean, this, this is a season where you can kind of get away with, and so I disagree with you a little bit on the pressure, you can get away as long as you need to show growth this year. Um, and if you take a step back in terms of results, I think you still kind of need to win the league. But it's not like if he finishes second, they go on a run in Europe, and most of all, they play good football, and they play football the way he wants it, he wants it to do. And his ideas work. He's coming back next year. There's no question in my mind. He signed such a long-term contract. They've invested yeah, so yeah, much yeah, money no, no, in him. Of course, in, in of course, him. of course. You can't, you're not in a position now where you can judge Nagelsmann just by results. Oh, yeah, win the Bundesliga at a minimum. I mean, some people no, will no, think no, that. No, no, but I didn't mean just result. I mean, you know, they will have to play well and better than last season. But finishing second is a failure. And he might stay. It is a failure, but, but he's going to stay. It's a failure. Like losing to Villarreal in the Champions League. This is not good. And if, if that happens again, if they're knocked out in the last 16 of the Champions League this season... You'll be like, hang on a minute, how, how is that even possible? And, and, you know, it was, I think a lot of the Champions League elimination was on him. I think a lot of the things that we saw in the Bundesliga that were not very good was on him as well. The things that he tried, the fact that he couldn't really transmit the message of what he wanted to the players for, for some of it. That can't happen again. All right, let's talk Borussia Dortmund. I think... I agree with and say I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year, despite yeah. losing Erling Haaland and despite obviously the very sad news yes. of his replacement, Sebastian Aller. Simply because I assume people are going to stay fit. I assume Edin Terzic is going to is going to move the needle. I and obviously defensively, they've added bodies. I love Niklas Sule, but is he Beckenbauer? No, I think definitely not. Terzic still needs to find that tactical balance. But I think simply having those guys fit. I think we'll make, a, we'll make a difference. You're on board with that, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. We like, we so like the question then is, if you're on board with that, is Leipzig or Dortmund to finish second? So I'll go for Leipzig to finish second. Ah, Tedesco. Think, yeah, Tedesco keeping in Kunku uh, was huge, of course, plus the signing that they've, that they've made too. I think it's interesting if Iqvajol stays. Um, I think they will, be, they, they will be better than Dortmund. I still think that Dortmund have issues. And if Bellingham is not uh, at his best, and if defensively they're still as shocking as last season, plus if Adeyemi or whoever plays Malen or whoever else they sign to replace Allaire or, you know, while Allaire is recovering, if they don't hit the ground running straight away and the goals are not coming as, 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 they, as they would like to, then they can be in a difficult position. Do we see a gap between them 
and Leverkusen, for example, or or Eintracht maybe? Is there another surprise package that, or is it pretty much assured that they're second and third, whatever order yeah, you're picking? Yeah, I don't see. Uh, apart from Bayer Leverkusen, maybe uh, keeping the improvement on, on the half friend. Rico, Rico Suave. Um, but I still think that, that that top three should remain top three like that. All right, stay tuned. Uh, but it's obviously ESPN Plus this year, if you're in the US, promises to be quite a race. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough previews. Here's what you've been waiting for. Here's some quick hits. Let's go, Gab. Liga kicks off this weekend. Woo-hoo! No surprise who the overwhelming favorite is, Jules. Walk me through the runners and riders. Yes, I mean, PSG, of course, heavily, heavily, heavily favorite. They, they should win it. But I think, again, it's not just a bit like Nagelsmann we were talking earlier. It's to see how they do it, how Galtier does, how they play. They will have to play better football than under Pochettino, which... Some would say it's not hard, <laughs> but still. Uh, see Messi, Mbappé, Neymar together. Uh, the new signings as well. Be interesting to see that. Stop then, talking about PSG. I want to know about the other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, But then Lyon have been impressive in the, in the signings with Tolisso, with Lacazette coming back to the club, with Tagliafico as well. This is good. Marseille with Tudor, who's already under pressure. We will talk about that in a bit. But we'll be up there. Monaco as well. Let's hope they can qualify for the Champions League too. Lille? So it'll be Lille. Lille, Lille Lance, no? Yeah, Lance are great. Um, I think this stuff is going to be a very, very exciting league and season for sure. I'm really looking forward to it. You can never have enough Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, Gab. So the messaging from United seems to have changed over the Rayo Vallecano incident. Like we work in media, right? So Cristiano Ronaldo is spotted leaving at halftime with other players. So they ask the club, did he have permission to leave? The club says, no comment. We're not commenting on that. Mm. Okay, fine, which is Generally, code for yeah. if you had permission, you you know you as a club know that you would tell us yeah. because you know what if he could because that's how you kill the story right. Yeah. yeah. Then twenty four hours later, after everybody's outraged that he's left, the club club sources let it be known. I think it was on Sky Sports and others, right? Uh, on background. Oh no 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 no, he had permission to leave. There's no issue. Everything's fine, right? Okay, fine. That's the line you want to take. Fine. Fast forward another 24 hours, Eric Ten Hag. It's like, this is unacceptable. That's it wasn't crazy. just Cristiano. What a mess. I, I, you got to get your story straight here, bud. I know. One way or the other. Um, not a good look. Not a good look. No, it's all. We thought Marco Correa was on his way to City. Then it looked like Chelsea. Then Brighton shocked <laughs> us with a statement. Um, 
Jules, Brighton didn't say this is never happening. No. I, this is going to get done, right? Yeah, they said there's no agreement yet when I think maybe um, a few reports were saying like, oh, it's all good, it's all agreed. When I think 52 the and a half, Levi Colwell, yeah, the other yeah. way. But I think the structure of the deal on what do you pay when and how all of that was still to sort out. Uh, and I think Brighton just wanted to... Um, to just put it out there, like, listen, okay, you can all say it's agreed, it's not agreed yet, but like you said, right. they never said it was off the table. I think it will happen, Kukurela wants it to happen, Chelsea as well. The money is great for Brighton, as we mentioned before. They Sounds like a lot of money for Kukurela. Yeah, and they're already thinking about how to replace him with who uh, and reinvesting that money. So, but yeah, things like that happen a lot in transfers. We've seen it before. Barcelona sold off another chunk of the club, or as they like to say, activated another economic lever. I think that's the third, third, the third one. Lever, the third lever, yes. The third lever. When they sold 24.5% of Barca studios, would it be enough to for them to register their players, though? So this is kind of TBD. So Cope reporting that... Um, so they sold for 100 million euros, right? Yeah, so, so they, they sold... So Barca Studios, for those who don't know, is basically their in-house production company. Yeah. They run club TV channels. They make little club videos and so on. They sold 24.5% of it for 100 million euros. They didn't sell it to a TV company or a media company. They sold it to socios.com. They're the people who make those, those fan tokens. Yeah. Which already, I think, raises some... Questions, Definitely. but whatever. I well done to them for getting a hundred million in. For if that, they get hundred million yeah. in, um, I just want to be clear on this. Cope uh, in Spain reporting that uh, La Liga's valuation of where they are is different from Barcelona's. La Liga's auditors, and obviously yeah. it's La Liga who get to decide. They're about hundred and fifty million euros short. That is a big gap, and that would be they can't really register anybody. Mm. Um, however. This was before that third lever was activated. So before you count that 100 million. So if you count that 100 million, then they're 50 million short. Then you could imagine De Jong, maybe Memphis Depay, maybe Alba Mayang, who's yeah. been linked to Chelsea. Maybe players take pay cuts, restructure, then they get a lot closer. Certainly the impression is, for Barcelona, it was disappointing because they said, even without this, we thought we were much further along than La Liga says we are, so yeah. stay tuned for, for more You've always more said argument. that those levers are a very short-term solution, right? That you almost gamble a bit on the future of the club in a few years' time. And certainly as far as the TV is concerned. I mean, it can be smart, it can be not so smart. If it was automatically super smart, then every club would do it. It's yeah. not just Barcelona who control TV rights. Um, obviously, they say it's necessary. For me, it is a big gamble, but, mm. you know, there's nothing wrong with taking risks. It's how you assess the reward. It's how you assess the risk-reward component. Yeah. Uh, Jules, we're going to see a semi-automated offside next week in the UEFA Super Cup and, of course, later at the World Cup. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like this. I like this. So the ball, to explain to people, will have a little chip inside, mm -hmm. which would obviously uh, help for the offside with all the cameras and everything. I, I, I'm glad we're trying it. I think we should be trying. We should see how it goes. It's not a trial. It's going to happen well, at yeah, the World Cup. Got, yeah, sorry. But like, you know, before, sorry, before they make it for everything right. all the time. That's what I meant by that. I think it's really good. I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Absolutely. Players won't be taking a knee before kickoff in the Premier League this season for every single game. Gab, the players, the captains have put a statement out saying that they, um, they will do sporadically through the season but they will show their opposition to racism as well in other ways. What do you make of, of all of this? We knew that was going to happen. Are yeah. you surprised it happens now? I know. I mean, you know my thoughts on this. I don't think it should have ever been uh, something where 
it's league-wide. I think it should have been left to individual choice because it's more meaningful, right, mm. uh, if you do it that way. I hope that players who feel that this is the right way to manifest will still fee feel free to do it because I think, it's, I think it's important. You know, in terms of the other things they do, the messaging matters. Obviously, policy matters just as much. And, you know, I think there's, there's, we still have a ways to go when it comes to that. Yeah. A survey of online abuse of footballers revealed that Cristiano Ronaldo and Harry Maguire are the two most targeted. Are you surprised, Jules? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Maybe for different reasons. I think Cristiano, uh, you don't think, would be abused by his own fans, but by the rest of yeah. other fans. For Maguire, it's probably more his own fans than anybody else. <laughs> um, it's just sad anyway. No one should ever be abused online, whether you're a footballer or not a footballer. Uh, yeah. So I hope... Criticism is one thing, abuse yeah, is, exactly, is another thing. Exactly. Napoli president Aurelio Di Laurentiis had some controversial things to say about African players and African Club of Nations, Gab. Yeah, so obviously he has a whole bunch of... He's had Anguissa and Osimhen and Koulibaly mm -hmm. on his team last year. And he said, you know, oh, I love African players and what they bring. But it really bugs me that they go off to the Cup of Nations and they go to the World Cup and they play qualifiers and this like that. Uh, and, you know, we, we're the idiots who still pay them. Well, you know what? Like, either make it a policy, say I'm not going to sign international players or, or only sign them, sign African players if they promise not to go. Mm. Otherwise, shut up. You know they're <laughs> internationals. You know they want to play for their country. Um, honestly, like it's such a silly thing to say from a very erratic personality. Meanwhile, Chelsea unveiled Khalidou Koulibaly, one of those African players, yeah. uh, and he replied to his former president and also placed a call to John Terry. Yeah, he did. He said that, obviously, Durantis was very disrespectful the way he was talking about Africa and African players and, yeah. and countries and the, and the competition as well. Would he have complained about Diego Maradona wanting to play in Argentina? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, he called John Terry to, to ask him for his number 26 that he was wearing at Napoli, that obviously Terry wore at Chelsea. And, and Terry said, yeah, of course, you can have it. The Premier League will make conversations between referees and VAR public after games this season. Yeah, this is something that you've always wanted to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's all about transparency. It's all about how we interpret this. Uh, I, I'm sick and tired of having Joe X-Pro has no idea how a VAR works or refereeing works, going and saying something stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not opinions, but just procedurally. Hopefully this will make it clear. Hopefully this will make it more transparent. And hopefully this will help us understand who the best referees are. Paul Pogba has made his decision for Juventus regarding his surgery. Jules, is this a gamble? I mean, I, th I find this story fascinating because it's very much kind of club v country situation in the sense that Juve wanted him to get surgery, which would have ruled him out until 2023, but at least would have cleaned his meniscus, would have cleaned the knee. You would have known that the surgery, well, I mean, there's always risk that it doesn't work, but usually this works and that he will be fit again for the start of the new year. But that would mean missing the World Cup. And, and Paul didn't want to miss the World Cup. He wanted to, to try to be there. So instead, he's chosen the other way to get rehabilitation, which is without the surgery, which means he would be out for five weeks, have a dif different treatment, and then hope, well, he hopes, will be fit and that the knee will be much better and be able to play, go to the World Cup, and et cetera, et cetera. If you're Juve, you can't be happy with that. I get they can't be happy, but I think if they know Paul Pogba, and they know Paul Pogba yeah. has been there before, obviously the World Cup is, is absolutely huge. For, no, it is. Um, I don't know if he's going to get to play in another one. I mean, possibly, potentially, could Surely be touch not. and go. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have, to, you have to understand that and you have to respect that. And I think it's, it's, it's Pogba's body, it's Pogba's right to go and decide this. 
I bear in mind that he's also running a big risk because he could he could lose both. He could, you know, forget the five weeks, come back, get hurt again, yeah, yeah. miss the World Set Cup, back. Yeah, for sure. have another setback where then he misses part of next season too. You know, so I, I, I feel for him that he's it in this situation. Is. Yeah, it is. It's no idea at all. Borja Mayoral has left Real Madrid and will be joining Getafe. Gab, does that mean that Real are a bit short in terms of cover up front behind Kareem the Dream? That's the first of the season. And Mariano Diaz! Yeah, but no. Okay, um, yeah, I think they're short. Uh, yeah, this is why I'm leaving that little teeny tiny door open for Cristiano Ronaldo to return no to the subject. Way. I know, you I know. I know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, inshallah, who knows? Um, it does strike me as a bit odd because Borja Mayoral is, dare I say it, a better footballer than, than, than Mariano Diaz. 100%. Um, and I think Kareem Benzema is older and he has a World Cup and he's going to be tired after the World Cup and the season's compressed. I'm guessing Asensio is on a contract here as well, right? Yeah. Uh, so, hmm, I'm thinking of selling Asensio maybe to make room for... I, I don't know. I, I think he wants uh, to stay. But I mean, I... Yeah. They're talking, oh, yeah, we'll play Rodrigo through the middle. Okay, fine. Play Rodrigo through the middle. Give it a shot. You know, not a bad player, but I don't know. Because I... Luka Jovic, obviously, have Luka Jovic obviously gone, yeah. Um, it still feels like you're a little short, yeah, and you don't want to tire Benzema out. No, that's um, for sure. You know. Kasper Schmeichel has joined Aaron Ramsey at Nice. Jules, this was kind of unexpected, no? That I mean, Casper Schmeichel, 11 season, legendary captain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This one came a bit out of the blue. They wanted Jan Sommer. Uh, uh, Lucien Favre wanted Sommer uh, and Nice. They wanted an experienced goalkeeper. They lost Walter Benitez, who left on a free for PSV Eindhoven. Um, Sommer didn't happen. So, Ian Moody. Remember Ian Moody? Yes. Who is now Nice sporting director. You're kidding. No? Is he really? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So, this, this is the fellow who was at Cardiff. Yeah, that's and right. Before Mackie that, Mackay. before that, he was he was a press officer, and right, Crystal Palace, I think I'm, he yeah. was as well. Yeah, uh, I believe his wife is Italian. Is she now? Yeah, good. And and so I think he his contacts and his knowledge is more on English football. They wanted an experienced goalkeeper and an experienced attacking midfielder. Cardiff connection, explaining Ramsey, perhaps <laughs> as well. Maybe. Uh, so I think I think these are easy deals to make, Ramsey. Obviously, doesn't cost you anything. There's no transfer fee. Uh, it's very minimal for Casper Schmeichel. And not and good for Leicester, though. Yeah, it's not good for Leicester. You would think that Leicester let him go because they have someone that they're going to sign now, a goalkeeper. Not that they're going to keep Iverson and Wards as their number one and two. I, I would be surprised right. if that was the case. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's a very young squad, so they need, they need that kind of experience with it. Let's see if it works. I'm a bit more skeptical about Ramsey as much as I love him uh, than Schmeichel because Ramsey hasn't played football for a while now, uh, apart from well, with Wales. And maybe so, he'll get to play the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, he wants to get fit for that. Alex Tejas has joined Sevilla on loan from Manchester United. Gab, will he help Sevilla more than the last guy they loaned from United, uh, Sir Anthony Martial? Or Tony Marshall, or as, Tony Marshall uh, yeah. as, as, he, as he's known. Yeah, like, there's, no, there's no link between the two, right? But other than the fact that they're both on loan from Manchester United. Um, I think he'll help. I think he'll, he, he'll help down the left-hand side. Obviously, Augustinsson is, uh, is gone yeah. as well. Um, and I think Alex Hayes is a very solid, steady performer, which I think is what Julian Lopetegui wants. Maybe we didn't see the best of him at Manchester United, but I think when he played, he generally didn't play badly. 
you know, it's just that you have, oh, yeah. you have another left back there named Luke Shaw who plays for England and so on, and who also has his ups and downs, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Um, and obviously with the signing of Malaysia. of Malaysia, you don't need to carry three left backs. So Tejas goes from the bench at United to the bench at Sevilla, right? I think, I think you'll, you'll see fair, fair, I mean, Sevilla in a bunch of competitions, their squad isn't that big. I mean, last year they were hit by injuries and, and you saw what happened, right? They were short. Yeah, so, yeah. Dean Henderson joined Nottingham Forest on loan this season and he gave an interview to talk, to talk that was where crazy. He, he used some pretty hefty language. He said that, you know, there were broken promises from Manchester United. Yeah. He basically, last season they wouldn't let him go out on loan, but then they said, oh, don't worry, you'll compete with De Gea for the starting job. Yes, he said that. They said he would be the number one. Obviously, I don't know who he was talking to, uh, whether it was Solskjaer. I, I'd love it if people came out and said, oh, yeah, yes. Ole, Ole told me this, and then Ralph said that. I mean, I, I'd love it if people, yeah. but of course, uh, we don't know. It's just united. Um, and he says he, his wasted season was criminal. Uh, yeah, I think it is pretty criminal that at that age, is a strong you waste a season. Is but a he's not saying word. they're criminals. He's saying it's sad that you had to spend a season that was wasted when, you know, you had your cap for England, you looked like to be really good. Yeah, but we said at the time that it was a bit strange that they kept him when he could have gone out on loan uh, because clearly he's too good to be a number two. Well, certainly from what we saw when he played, not that he played much uh, for them, but too good to be a number two and to not play at all. So, you know what's funny is if United were Bayern Munich and John Murtaugh were Brazo Salihamidzic yeah. uh, and Richard Arnold were Herbert Heiner, they would come out today in front of the cameras and say, yeah. actually, Dean, you're wrong. We didn't break any promises and this and that. Uh, United aren't going to do that. Different country, different, different. culture. Bayern, I think, right. ramp it up to an extreme with the blunt talk. It is interesting. All he's done so far has just gotten a whole load of abuse uh, from United fans. And, yeah. and by the way, he could be coming back. Well, it will be. <laughs> I mean, this is just on loan. Uh, uh, for us, although there's a, I think there's an option to buy at the end of it. Um, let's see how he does. Now he kind of put a lot of pressure on himself now with those comments because everybody's going to watch him tomorrow. And if he's bad, for example, well, this weekend, if he's bad with Forest or through the, sea, the start of the season, people will say, well, did you really think you could be number one at United? Well, that's what like they told him. Uh, that's what they told him. Or certainly that's what Supposedly. he said. Supposedly. So, hey. If Cristiano Ronaldo moves, and even if he doesn't, Gab, to be fair, United are a bit short in the centre forward department with Anthony Martial, the, the only really recognised striker. Gab, is that why they're linked with Stuttgart, Zaza, Kaladzic, sorry, and Salzburg, Benjamin Sesko? I would assume so. Um, I think, all right, part of it is also, Sesko's agent's been busy, really, yeah, really busy. busy. Sometimes, I mean, giving away media secrets. When you see people who are linked with just about every club and yeah. in the news all the time, like, like Nuno Gomes many, many years ago, <laughs> it's because they have an agent who just talks to everybody continuously, yeah. right? Um, Sesko played for Salzburg. Did well, you know, not Adeyemi or well, but you know, he's tall and athletic. Kaladzic is 25, he's a little bit older. They need a center forward, regardless whether Ronaldo stays or goes. I, I think you can't play the season. I know you can talk, oh, fluid front three, blah blah blah, and like, oh, look, I did it with Tadic. Yeah, you did it with Tadic before, but when you got enough credit where you could go and actually buy somebody, what did you do? Yeah. You got Sebastian Haller, right? Who, you know is much closer to Kaladzic and Sesko than these guys. So yeah. Sesko's young, I think more one for, for, for the future. Kaladzic more sort of a, a functional option. He's by no means old. Um, I don't think Kaladzic 
necessarily. I don't think either one are like Cavani type level players. No, no, clear, no. But, but Sesko has more potential, I think, than Karadzic. Who Sesko has a ceiling. Yeah, yeah. No, he's got much higher ceiling. So, um, yeah, it, it makes sense. Makes sense too that they're totally divorcing this from the Ronaldo decision because I think they're two very, very different issues. Carney Chukwameka is a Chelsea player. Hey. Jules, where does he fit in Thomas Tuchel's galaxy of attacking options? Uh, that's a good Does he, does he hang out with Callum Hudson-Odoi and Hakim Ziyech and, uh, and Christian Pulisic? And, or even if he plays a bit deeper with, you know, with Loftus-Cheek and, and Ross Barkley maybe as well. Because I think he can, play, he can play as a more of a box-to-box midfielder uh, and play a bit deeper than just behind the forwards or the striker. Uh, I, think, I think you buy a player who's obviously very, very talented, still only 18 years old or 19 years old, one for the future, who led England... They're exploiting a contractual situation to do this. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, has only, he had only one year left on his contract, it cost you 20 million with bonuses. It's not, it's not too much and he's potentially going to be an amazing player. So, um, you, you go for him, it's, you, you know that with Jorginho getting older, Conte being fit halfway through the, you know, half of the season, you maybe need someone in that department anyway. So why not? I think this, it was more of an opportunity buy than something that they planned before due to the contract uh, situation. But yeah, I like it a lot. If they can develop him, I like it a lot. I think they need to give him minutes. That's the yeah. whole thing with developing, well, yeah, of right? Course. Uh, I think he played 15 games in the Premier League last season. Yeah, so maybe one option. And that's 15 games for Villa. I know he's a yeah, year yeah, older Villa, now. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's one of those situations where he comes if he's going to be part of the general rotation and get minutes, great. If not, logical thing, I think, is to send him on loan. Mm. Dries Mertens has said goodbye to Napoli, Gab, in the most emotional way. Yeah, I, this is such a fantastic story. They love each story. other so much. This guy was like a, kind of a throwaway winger at PSVI. I mean, not a bad player, but, no. you know, moves to, to Napoli, becomes sort of this goal-scoring sensation. They call him Chido, I think, they, I think which is a typical Neapolitan name. I think he might have called his son Chido yeah, or something. Yeah. He was born... Um, just had such a fantastic relationship with the fans and the club. Contract expires, cutbacks, he ain't getting a new one. Um, at some point, the, a couple of days ago, it was just like, ooh, could Juve swoop for him on a free? And he's kind of like says, uh-uh, I ain't going no to chance. Juve. If, I'm, if I have to leave Naples, I'm going to go abroad. He said he's definitely going to come back to live there afterwards. Uh, it's just a great story. It's amazing. It's, it's an example amazing. of how you can leave the club. And by the way, He's been a class act for, throughout. Yeah. I wish I could say the same of some of his, uh, the people at his former employers. Ligan hasn't even started yet. Oh. And, and my main man, Igor Tudor, is off to a rocky start. Oh, he's been a massive... Jorge Sampaoli has some big shoes to fill, which you wouldn't yeah. have thought of because I would have thought Tudor has much bigger shoes than you would think so. in literal terms. That's why maybe he struggles to fit in the, the shoes <laughs> left by Sampaoli because he's too big. They're a little tight on him. <laughs> Sampaoli has those little pixie feet, right? He's got yeah, those like, yeah, little yeah. Like, yeah, size um, 32. Players think that Tudor shouts too much and he's too angry all the time. Literally all the time. But these are players who were Sampaoli before, by the way. Yeah, but it seems that certainly they believe that Sampaoli was more chilled at times than Tudor, who has spent his time shouting since he arrived a month ago, no, less than a month ago now. Um, but to the point that they even said to the president, uh, Pablo Longoria, this is not working. We need to do something. So they had a meeting, like a big meeting, uh, to try to sort out some of the differences that they have, the things that they're not happy with, Payet. Uh, and some of the key players. I don't know where this is going. They've been terrible at preseason. They were battered by Norwich. 
Um, they, 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 they lost to Nottingham Forest, I think, as well, or another English club. It was bad. Tudor is a badass. He's Croatian. He looks like a freaking yeah, Marvel yeah, superhero. Like, yeah, yeah, he does like. I would have thought he's intelligent enough to know that with somebody like Dimitri Payet, you don't shout at him. Like you know, it's easier to get something with know, a little yeah. spoonful of honey than with vinegar. With or Payet. Nutella, yeah. some would say. Nutella, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Inter thought they had agreed a deal to rescind Alexis Sanchez's contract, Gab, and finish it. Maybe not. It was funny. Everybody reported like, oh yeah, they reached a deal. They'll give him, I think it was 5 million euros to go away and never come back. And then video emerges of him last night and he's walking along in Milan and like they're saying like, oh, so now you're leaving. He's like, nope, you reached a deal to rescind your contract. Nope, no. not yet. <laughs> no, so what are you going to do? He's like, oh, I want to win. I want to win with Inter. You know, like, it's, I think in the end, they're going to find a solution. But, you know, he has a contract and it's his right to go and... And then get as much money as he can yeah, of course. for it to go away. This is, in the real world, this is what happens if you yeah. overpay for a player. And we've seen more than oh, one club overpay uh, in wages when you for like the his career, the last, what, four years, three years yeah. between United and... It's crazy. Imagine, it? Maybe he can come back to Arsenal. Can That's the last imagine? time he played really well, right? Yeah, it is the last time he played really well, yeah. <laughs> Renato Sanchez has joined Paris Saint-Germain yes. from Lille. Is this a smart move, Jules? Or just Gaultier recalling his little buddy? He had one year left on his contract. It cost you 15 million euros. He's 24. Okay, fitness-wise, the injury list is a, is a bit of a worry. But I think if you can keep him fit, it's a no-brainer. He's a, he's a great player, talented, versatile. He knows Gaultier, he knows Campos, he knows Ligue 1. Um, and it just always seems like the Campos sphere... Yeah, yeah, of course. No, but there's a bit of that behind the scenes. You know, I think Campos is very close to Renato. Does it Zages. mean that Leandro Paredes is now available for a move or are they going to keep I him? think Leandro Paredes and Juventus are very good friends right now. And yeah, I think Juventus is trying, trying to be very good friends with PSG to bring Paredes to, uh, to Turin. I think one of them we said. So they're starting the process of getting rid of players as well. And I think on top of Renato, maybe one or two could still come. So it's been an interesting summer, to put it that way. David Rome joined Leipzig from Offenheim, uh, Gab, and he says that he's the most important summer signing in the Bundesliga, Him, like, like talking himself. Um, I bet you love that confidence. I listen, I, 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 am well a, now. I am a disciple of Kid Rock on this <laughs> one, right? It ain't it, bragging when you say it, then you back it up. And look, he's a very exciting player. Wide. Um, he, you know, German international, people wanted mm. him. He's definitely a player on the rise. I love this. I love this attitude. Uh, I think he's a big part of the reason why I think we both see Leipzig as the main contenders uh, to challenge Bayern this season, even with the Tedesco up and downs. Um, Yeah, I love it. Fly the flag. Fight the power. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you deliver, we agree, right? Like I said, as long as you back it up. Seth Fabregas has signed for Como in Italy, Serie B, and he won't just be a player. He'll be a shareholder too. And according to reports... So will his former teammate, Thierry Henry. What's happening yeah. here? Uh, maybe do they share the same agent? Oh, yeah, they do. Is he an agent maybe that know people at, knows people like Como? Oh, yeah, he does. Right. Um, Is it an agent who has a famous dad who used yes, to run Arsenal? Exactly. Uh, and Darren Dean, uh, to, to say yeah, his at name. At this point, let's name check yeah, him. Yeah, let's name him. Hi, Darren. Darren. Dean. Hi, Darren. I know you're watching and listening. Um, Took Seth Fabregas, who, by the way, do you know the last time he played football? He played actually a, a game? Like a year ago? It was in September, yeah, from Monaco. He's been injured all season. He's 35. This is a bit of a, 
it is a gamble, let's be honest here, of course it is. Uh, I don't know if he can recover his form, we like him a lot, he's a friend of ours. Um, so I hope, I hope it works out for him, I hope he does well. And you knew, he always wanted to, in his post-career, yeah, be part of a project where maybe he owns a club, where he can become a coach, a manager, all of that is very interesting to him. So this is part of the... The, yeah, the Como project is, is an interesting one. I think they were selling... Uh, uh, I don't know if it's NFTs or something, but you yeah. can get a season ticket for life at Como or something. Yeah, yeah. Like Como, beautiful yeah, part of the world. George good. Clooney has a house there. Of course. Um, you know, max respect to, uh, to Cesc Fabregas. But I will say this, like, he's one of those players who, if you look at where he's lived, he's done pretty well. That's like, very right? true. Barcelona, Barcelona, like the London. like Tottridge, which is like the little yeah, fancy bit, right? Wherever he lived, uh, then West Monaco. London, Monaco, Barcelona again, and now the shores of Lake Como. I know, yeah. pretty cool, isn't it? Exactly. Beware the perils, perils of crypto. The collapse of Voyager, a major sponsor of the NWSL, means that some players will be out of pocket again. Yeah. So. There's different reportings on this, but basically Voyager, I, I guess is some, it's, it's a crypto platform mm. where you can buy and sell. Uh, they, uh, they collapsed. They'd done a commercial deal with NWSL where they, they paid a certain amount to the league and then the other amount they were going to pay to certain players in, in crypto, which then players could then go and, and buy other cryptocurrencies with. Right. Um, it was reported initially that, you know, oh, now... You know, NWSL is serious financial trouble because of this deal. Others, uh, certainly Jeff Carlisle from ESPN reporting, you know, speaking to the to the Players Association says, no, 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 nobody's going to miss a paycheck. I think what they are going to miss is commercial opportunities yeah. because that was a big sponsor slot. But, you know, as long as they paid their first check and it cleared, you can kind of live through this. But obviously a rocky time um, for cryptocurrencies mm. in particular. Philip Kostic continues to be linked with both Juventus and West Ham. Jules. He's another one, by the way, with like the agent, like everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. every summer. Now, statistically, I didn't realize this, but he's been one of the very yeah. best assist men in all of Europe. I think he's like top three or top yeah, four, something yeah. crazy like that. Uh, over the past few seasons, big part of Eintracht Frankfurt's success. Of course. Why would nobody pull the trigger? It's a very interesting one. I, I don't know if, if it's his age, maybe now that he's, he's turning 30 soon. Or he's he has a year 30. left on his deal, he's got so he's a year still got to work that out. We remember the whole Lazio um, thing last summer. And I don't know, maybe it's the fact that he's a pure wing-back. I, I think a lot of managers, maybe in club, don't see him playing a left-back at all. So you already need a back three to, to bring him into your team. If you play with a back four, for example, he's not, he's not really any use to you. Spurs! Also, Spurs! Or suddenly people think like that. Um, but Perisic was on a free. Would you get Kostic and Perisic? Although Perisic can, obviously, he's both you know, two-footed, so can play on the right-hand side as well. Yeah, no, I, don't I don't know, know. it's interesting. I, don't think Spurs, I would think a lot of clubs would be after Kostic, especially, again, teams that play with a back three or back five. Yeah, I think it also backs. helps if you've got a centre forward with certain characteristics to, to, to play yeah. off. Very good, <laughs> very good player. Um, I, th I think he's going to move to one or the yeah, other at some point. Should, but Juve, you're right. If they don't, to play a back four, I think that's... It's tricky. That's it's a little a tough. Tricky. Yeah. You may remember that a Premier League... A uh, player was arrested on suspicion of rape last month. That case has since been dropped because, and I open the, the quotes, the relevant legislation had not yet come into effect at the time of the alleged offence. Uh, close the, the quote. And the player can't be named for legal reasons. But police issued a statement saying that they were alarmed at the abuse received by the woman who accused him, Gab. 
Yeah, like th th this is this is a sad situation. It's an awful situation. It's also a situation where everybody knows, or a lot of people know, who the player is. Um, and even though they aren't going forward with it, yeah. uh, it seems to be has to do with statute of limitations issues. It means he's never going to get his day in court either. So uh, I, no good comes of this. This woman coming forward does not re deserve the abuse no. that she gets. And uh, I, I would love, I, I would love for, for people who you know. Sometimes we hear about people who arrest, who, who get arrested for abuse they post on social and so on. You know, this is a woman who told her side of the story. Uh, maybe could have gone to court if it happened more recently it would have gone to court yeah. and we would have tried we would have established some level of, 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 of truth but you can never have a situation where victims or, or, or alleged victims are are intimidated into not telling their story yeah um, so sad situation now you know I have a soft spot for Memphis oh, Depay I think we both expect Barcelona will sell if they find a taker I think he's much more of a market than uh, our boy Aubameyang yeah, for example for sure where would he fit and would he move the needle? So I, I, I think he's sad because uh, if, well, he played well under the Dutch guy last season. He, he, you know, he kept that team at times earlier in the season. Then Xavi arrived and clearly we saw even with the little injuries that he had and, and so on that he was never really a Xavi fit. I think he wanted to stay to try to to earn a place in the team, despite all the competition that they have for all those forward positions, because you can play central, right, left, whatever. And I think he realized that there was not going to be a space for him through the season that, you know, if he stayed at Barcelona, it would potentially be a, a hard season with the World Cup for him in the middle. You can't take that risk. Yeah. So now he decided to go. Um, it depends how much money Barcelona wants. Of course, uh, but I think he would fit a lot of teams. I think he's a real talent. I, I'm, I'm with you. I like Memphis a lot. I saw him at Lyon maturing, developing from maybe a bit of a sport kid, let's be honest, yeah. to, to a really, really consistent performer, can take the pressure, responsibilities, all of that. And I think he would be, be a really good signing for a lot of clubs. You know, I think there's been so much focus <clears throat> on, on De Jong, De Jong on and off to United and so on, and deferred wages, whatever. This is a guy who arrived on a free. So yeah. whatever money you get for him is pure profit, plus you're removing his wages. You know, we talked about Barcelona's situation before with the levers. I'm sure they can get there by selling De Jong, but... They can also get there by yeah, getting selling. twenty million for Memphis, for example, uh, something like that. It's it is pure profit, and I think he'd be very good. And also with Lewandowski, Lewandowski rarely gets injured. Never. So if you're backing up Lewandowski, uh, it really means that you're probably not going to get on the pitch very much at all. Yeah. So that might suit Alba, perhaps Alba, a little bit more. He doesn't have a World Cup. Yeah. Gabon not going to the World not, Cup. Not this year. Not this year. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's a tremendous... But I think this is one of those deals that's going to get done in the final hours yeah, of the transfer window when we see those, those musical chairs yeah. happening. Yeah. Oscar, sort of disappeared off the road. I can't believe this is a quick Yeah, we're talking about I mean, Oscar. you love Oscar. Dude, 70 million. You know, Oscar is still one of the most expensive players of all time. Yes, yeah, somehow. I mean... He played for Brazil loads of times. Yeah, he's yeah, one thing with Chelsea. And I know Respect. you like him a lot. And Respect! Like, yeah. Mourinho likes Oscar. So, Oscar sort of disappeared off the radar. Everybody had forgotten about him, apart from Gab. Uh, after moving to Shanghai five and a half years ago, and now he's back at Flamengo. You see, clearly, he liked li living in China, right? And Chinese football? Otherwise, I, he would not have stayed so long. Look, I... I, I <laughs> 
I, I'm fascinated by this because he's still only, I think he's only 32 years old, by mm. the way. Um, he stayed there a very long time. I'm sure he made a ton of money at Chelsea. He yeah. made more money when he went there. I like to think he stayed in China throughout the pandemic, throughout all that stuff. I think he actually, from what I'm told, he actually liked it there. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's not good. every story is just a giganto money grab. I don't know how much money he has in the bank, but like I said, like, I don't think he needed to stay there that long. Yeah. Now he gets to go back to Brazil on his way to, 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 to Flamengo. Um, why not? I, part of me does wonder, what kind of a player would he have become? If Obviously, at Chelsea, he had his moments, right? Yeah, he had some brilliant moments. And then he had some slightly rough times where he was in and out. If he'd moved somewhere else in Europe, you know, would, would there be a whole alternate Oscar history out there? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. The Arsenal All or Nothing series has been released on Amazon. Jules, what behind the scenes stuff stands out for you? But let me make a point first. All or Nothing yeah. is a stupid title. It might have made sense. You don't sense. like the franchise name. What? You don't like the franchise name. It's really dumb. All or Nothing means if you don't get, your, if you don't get where you want to be, you get fired. That's what All or Nothing <laughs> means, right? Pep, it, it's just silly. But whatever, uh, it's just me. Yeah. Take it up with people at Amazon. I was invited, kindly, on the red carpet and to the, to the premiere. We saw the first two episodes. Uh, I know some people have seen more and there have been a few clips released. And obviously the one about training with You Never Walk Alone, uh, I called me to get ready to the atmosphere of Anfield before playing Liverpool and losing 4-0. It's what has been talked a lot about. Um, no, for me, it's the one Arteta doing the drawing, the little cartoons and stuff. I didn't know so he had the, the skills of a cartoonist. Yes. Clearly, he had practiced that before because the brain, especially, <laughs> looked pretty good, I thought. I was like, oh, wow. It looked a little bit like a, right. like, a, like a cloud, maybe. But still, it did good. I like that he's got ideas. He's the big star of the show, of course. He focuses on law on him. He's at the heart of it all. Uh, there's a lot of little funny things there and there. And what I find is always good. There's a lot of match content which we know about it, which we can see all the time on Sky Sports or on BT Sport, whatever. The best bit is the bit within the squad, inside the canteen, inside the dock, the dock room, inside yeah. the, you know the burst, all that kind of stuff. And for that, it's great. If you're an Arsenal fan, even if you're a football fan, it's good to see how they, you know, how they live, how they train, what they are together. I, I, I love those things. I know you're not too keen. I love those documentaries. I watch them all, not just Arsenal or PSG, but all of them. I prefer the Neymar one. No, I'm just kidding. I, look, I, it is what it is, right? I, these are editorially controlled by the clubs. I'm not having to go to Arsenal. It's the same with yeah, City, yeah. same with Juve when they did theirs. Um, I'm assuming it's the same with the Sunderland one, although they ended yeah, up looking that's not like Amazon, Muppets. No, no, I know. Yeah. but like, I, So take it for what it is. It's club content. It's club narrative. It can be entertaining sometimes. Um, but there's a lot of stuff which no doubt ends up on the cutting room floor or the cameras are out. So yeah. just, and the best it doesn't bit, mean this is gospel just because you see it. No, and the best bit would be to see how they treat the Obama Young exit, the captaincy, yeah. all of that, which is in a few episodes to come, which I think would be, would be quite fascinating to watch. Ajax have banned signs, you know, those banners asking for players' shirts at the stadium, you know, after the game and etc. Uh, for security, they said, like, you know, um, are you on board with this? What do yeah, you think? I don't. I mean, security, presumably, like a bunch so of people, people fighting around. for a yeah, show okay, and stuff whatever. like that. Look, every time I see like a four-year-old, a little cute little boy or little girl holding up the sign and, it, you know, it'll say something like, Marcus Alonso, give me your shirt Please. or whatever. I mean, dude, like, what kind of a parent are you? Uh, but no, this is, what? This, 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 what this isn't sweet. This is stupid. Why? This if is, this is his or her hero and favorite player and having a shirt that he won and played with is great. 
Well, I, I, I don't think so. I think a lot of times there's a parent, there's a parent saying, yeah, this is a good idea. Go ask him for your shirt. No, like I, I think, let's be old school about this. Outside, you get an autograph, you get a picture taken if you can. It's up to the players. If the players want to give you your shirts, give you your shirts. But they shouldn't just go because somebody's holding a sign. And it's that kind of thing. Not to mention the disappointment if the player walks right past the little boy. If the player walks past your four-year-old, right, who's holding up the Carney uh, Chukwemeka, give me your shirt, right, walks past him. Does he then think Carney Chukwemeka wouldn't give me a shirt? He's horrible. How do you no, explain it? No, I know. No, he had something else to do. No, try. he loves it. You Another try. kid. All right, whatever. Not for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll take a backseat on one. But Jules, we're going to come back on Monday. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about because, oh of course, God, yes. I, I, I cannot stand the wait. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself.